It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by our friends at Fetch Me. Need to head to Fetch Me because Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, coffee, dry cleaning, and more. They have the friendliest and fastest service in town. Also, a new move this month. Fetch Me has launched a late night service on Friday and Saturday between 11 and 2. Uh, they listen to folks. They listen to the feedback. And so you can check that out. And it uh, looks like local uh, local restaurants are all about that. And also, they have a Beat Bama food drive campaign for their third year in a row. They match 100% of all donations. Help Fetch Me beat Bama and get the word out. You can use Fetch Me 20 your promo code at checkout for your first delivery free. Fetch me two zero. That's at fetchmedelivery.com and the free Fetch Me app. I'm Zach Blocker. Be joined by Michael Pappas. Hello, sir. Hello, Zach. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing better than a lot of Auburn fans for whatever mm-hmm. reason. There's there's a uh, folks are pretty upset. Folks are pretty upset with this team, and it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I don't really understand that either. Um, it, during the fourth quarter of this game, you know, I was at, at Skybar watching with Dan Peck before yeah. we did after the game. Sure. And during the fourth quarter, he kind of looked at me and was like, you know, there's still a decent shot Auburn could lose this game. Mm-hmm. And I, it, like, it, like, didn't even occur to me that that was still really a possibility. I mean, it, it really seemed like Auburn dominated the entire football game, put up 500 yards of offense for... I mean, the first time against a real opponent in what seems like a while. I don't actually have the numbers on there, but the offense looked good. The defense looked like the defense typically does. Um, I know the final score, I guess, doesn't give you a ton of hope. It kind of makes you pause when Auburn only wins 20-14, to but, you know, they did miss three field goals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you kind of take that into account, that's not going to happen every game. You kind of take that into account. 29 to 14. I mean, that's that's a pretty decent win right. if they don't miss those four those three field goals. I mean, there were several things that Auburn fans have been screaming for, and they did them. Mm-hmm. Pass on early downs. Yep. Bo Nix did that. Call plays to the middle of the field. They did that. They did that. Throw to the tight end. They did that. Get, I, I mean, JJ Wilson was involved. I thought he had a very good game. Yeah. Get, get the ball to Anthony Schwartz. 
They did that. Get Eli, Eli Stove back yeah. involved. Eli Stove and Will Hastings. Start DJ Williams. Get yep. DJ Williams going. And he, I mean, he, I think he showed to me that he's RB1. But we can talk about that in a second. But it's just fascinating to me that all season they've been asking for those five or six things and they do it and they found success with it. And it didn't always turn into points. And so that's, that's what you want to be upset about. And it, that's a shame. I, I think that's a shame. I think Malzahn called an excellent game against Ole Miss. I think execution faltered. I think you missed a few key guys on defense. I also think they were kind of taking it off a little bit. Um, but when you look at this offense, I think the offense was fine. I think it was okay. You didn't play a great game. And I think the glass half full way to look at it is, and somebody tweeted this to me. I forget who it is. But they said, you know, this game, this matchup had the makings to be a trap game. Everything about it. You go on the road and you lose an emotional game to a team that, you know, a good team that you had a chance to beat. And then you get home and it's an easy cupcake SEC West opponent is, you know, as easy as SEC West team could be. I mean, I, I, I think Ole Miss was pretty bad. It looks like you disagree, but just one, one mm-hmm. more. But, but you come out and you win and you're seven and two and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. All, all wins count the same. I do think it is worth noting that, you know, Ole Miss's record is not good. There's no way to sugarcoat that. They're with three and five now. But, you know, they have had success, especially on offense, against every team they've played this season outside of Memphis in their first game. Mm. They, I mean, they've been in every game this season that they've played, including, you know, the loss against Cal, which is going to end up being a bad loss but that's more about Cal and, and the struggles they've ended up having But on, on offense because their quarterbacks keep getting hurt. But Ole Miss, their defense is coached by one of the best defensive coaches in the country. Um, Mike McIntyre, I, I mean, I think he's going to be the next coach at Ole Miss, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, we know what he did with Colorado a couple of years ago. That ended up not working out, but he's a very good coach. Um, getting back to the basics, just coaching the defense. The defense hasn't been terrible this year. They've actually played pretty well. I mean, going back to that first game, holding Memphis's offense to just 15 points, which is something that you know no one does. Memphis put up like 60 or something against SMU this weekend, an undefeated SMU team, and it's yes. Auburn should have won by more. Yes, you know, this should be an easy cupcake win. But, you know, the way the game played out, it played out like a cupcake win would, right? I mean, the Auburn offense looked great. Like you said, all the – and it is worth noting a ton of guys played, both mm-hmm. on offense and on defense. I mean, right. um, just uh, looking at, you know, one play alone, the 78-yard catch and run for Harold Joyner, the guy out in front of him lead blocking was Shedrick Jackson. Right. And it was great. I mean, you shouted him out in, in your gift thread this week, and Jeff. I, whatever. And you know, when I saw the play, I immediately thought that we were going to talk about it because I was like, you know, that was great downfield blocking by one of the receivers. Yeah, you'd like to see Harold Joyner get in the end zone there. That's a whole different, you know, discussion. But uh, I mean, I, I really thought Auburn was clicking on, on all cylinders on both sides of the ball, really from start to finish. It's it's just a shame that a guy who's usually so reliable. And Daniel, not Daniel, and the bookstore, Anders Carlson, just right. had, I mean, the worst game of his life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, If I had to bet, does he miss three field goals in a game again? I'm going to say he doesn't. Unless he's kicking like, you know, 50, unless right. it's like, 
you know, he's got five field goals on the day and three of them are from 50-plus, mm-hmm. then maybe you could see it happening. But, I, yeah, this is just – this game even immediately after was painted in such a bad light and I, I – I don't know. I thought Auburn played really well. Yeah, before we talk about some of the stuff happening off the field, Derek Brown, his mm-hmm. play where he's coming in from the off from the sideline and I mean the timing was perfect. The play call was like the perfect storm for everything. I mean, that was one of my favorite plays that I can remember like watching Auburn. I mean, that was that was so fun. And it was just I mean, that's one of those things from I guess like an Ole Miss perspective that's just It stinks. It's just so unlucky, right? I mean, it's the <laughs> It's the right read. It's the right throw. I mean, he made a good throw, and the poor running back at whatever he is, 5'9", 180, just turned around right into a 300-pounder running full speed at him. Like, uh, What does that feel like? I mean, that's got to It's got to be a fr- – oh, my gosh. So I, mean, I, I think one of the Auburn players after the game was like, if I was that guy, I would have just quit. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten up. I'd, I'd still be on the grass yeah. at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. DJ Williams, I think with the makeup of this offense, when you look at the strengths and the weaknesses of it, I think he's a better fit in this offense than Booby Whitlow is. And my thought process there is he gets the ball and he hits the hole. He runs straight to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Booby Whitlow, much more patient of a runner. Uh, you know, he learned behind on Johnson, so a lot more patient of a runner. And I think with him kind of chilling in the backfield, slowly approaching the line of scrimmage, waiting for the holes to open up, there's not a guarantee that the holes are going to open up this year. So I like what DJ Williams does, and I think that he's kind of provided a spark to the running game late in the season. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some sort of an expert in the Auburn offensive line blocking schemes or anything, but I think Booby Whitlow, like Carrion Johnson, is a very good running back for a zone-blocking scheme or... Uh, I believe they call it a man-blocking scheme, whatever you want to call it, to where he can wait, be patient, like you said, see the hole appear, one cut through the hole, make a play. And yeah, it's a zone. And so now you're seeing more man-blocking scheme when it's when it's got man-on-man. Man. Yeah, or you block- gap blocking, right? Um, gap is similar to zone. You block a gap or you block a zone, and then if you're in man-blocking, it's like, all right, your tackle blocks this man, your guard blocks this man, your center blocks this man, and so on. Okay, more of a power run scheme where they're like the yeah, run. You're pulling guards yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. it's, you know, they're running through this gap, so go through that gap. And and I think, like you said, that fits DJ. One of the things I was so impressed with DJ Williams is he finishes runs really well and he always falls forward every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, his pad level is exactly what you want as mm-hmm. a freshman. Exactly I thought, what you want. Yeah, I, I I think DJ Williams should be the starting running back. Um, Even when I, Booby comes back? Yeah. I, I do too. I think I it's. Too. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Booby um, is not a hundred percent. I didn't hate Harold Joiner Cat. Um, the one play they ran it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he fumbled, which isn't ideal. I thought it was pretty big though that you know a player two after he fumbled they threw him the wheel route. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. 
Because, I mean, immediately after the fumble, even though Auburn recovered it, I think Dan and I were both like, and that's the last time we'll see the Harold yeah. Joyner cat. He's but, gone. He's gone forever. No, yeah, he's, I mean, he's just from a, a little place, or, I mean, just from a simple height standpoint, I mean, it's easier to throw the ball over offensive linemen if you're six foot four than versus however tall Booby is. And Ooh. so if they feel comfortable with Harold Joyner playing that Wildcat quarterback role, you know, we could see. Um, we could see that moving forward in Georgia and Alabama. All right. I'm going to play some voicemails mm-hmm. um, because the last one takes us to where I want to go in regards to some of the off-season or off-the-field chatter, rather. So I also thought Nick Brahms was really good. I thought he was okay. I thought he was better than Caleb Kim. I don't think he was, I don't think he was good, but I think he was better. Okay, I... With a grain of salt, I thought he was really good. I mean, sure. for a guy who's coming in not having a ton of the first-team reps through the offseason, fall camp, all of it, mm-hmm. uh, I thought he played well. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was fine. No, no super noticeable mistakes, I guess you should say. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You can call the Locked On Auburn podcast at 205-502-4285. Hey, guys. (laughs) So that's Andy Cole. Way to go, Andy, for one of the best calls ever. All right, here we go. It's, uh, this one, this guy called right after the game. Hey, guys. <laughs> Is that Andy again? I'm just messing with you. Hey, guys. It's Jordan. <laughs> I've noticed something over the past couple games, and I think I pointed it out on Twitter maybe two, three games ago, maybe even back in the Florida game. Nick hasn't been running the same exact way he did the first couple games of the season, and he looks a little less fluid on his side-to-side movement when he tries to get people in open space. Do you guys think he may be hobbled a little bit or just uh, bumps and bruises of SEC play, maybe getting to some of his lower or causing him to have lower extremity issues? That and I just want to say that uh, I was a little upset at the game last night when uh, when the team was booed when they were going into halftime, if my uh, feed didn't show that. Further than that, guys, War Eagle, love your show. You guys are the best. Thanks, Warden. Appreciate it. And yeah, once again, feel free to give us a call at 205-502-4285. Let's start with the Bo Nix. I, I haven't personally noticed that. I haven't noticed him kind of being any slower or anything like that. I think they have run less. And, I mean, with them going away from Joey Gatewood, I think that makes sense and gives a little bit of why. Mm-hmm. He ran more than I thought he would. Oh, I was Saturday shocked. night. I didn't think there would be a design quarterback run until probably Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. You said late Georgia, mm-hmm. late Alabama last week, and and I agreed with you. So that was surprising to me. But I I, I haven't noticed him being slower or you know having any kind of you know it, movement impairment or anything like that. Have you? I have not. But if he is a little gimpy, again, I haven't noticed. It, it would make sense. I mean, some of the accuracy issues, I guess, would make sense. I mean, everything stems from from your legs up. I mean, really, 
every part of football, but especially as a quarterback, you know, your mechanics start with your feet. So maybe, maybe that is, maybe that has been an issue and it's led to some of the other things we're talking about with Bo, but I mean, he hasn't appeared in any injury reports. There's been no talk about him being gimpy at all. Um, maybe you just, you know, broke the code there, but I think he's fine. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm definitely going to look at that next time I, you know, watch a previous game or if I go through uh, the old Miss game again. But yeah, no, appreciate the call. Once again, we'd love to have more folks call in to the Locked On Auburn voicemail. The thing that he touched on, Warden touched on at the end of his voicemail mm-hmm. about Auburn fans booing. And then that resulted in a bunch of the defensive players, as well as like I think Cam Stutz and Sean Shivers tweeted as well. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly the defensive players tweeting, kind of calling Auburn fans out, saying that the you know that the atmosphere in Jordan here was was dead. It was not very uh, it was not very good, and you know calling out the Auburn family and you know saying like you know essentially saying fans like hey you were not good for us today. And I think it's interesting that they did that. Interesting tactic, for sure. I I love it, to be honest with you. I mean, okay. I, I think it's very clear that one of the reasons that a lot of these guys really like to come to school at Auburn is because of that you know Auburn family mentality that is felt and that is, uh, how do you put out there, I guess, um, marketed might be a word to use in that situation but okay. the way that the fans interact with the players and, and all that um the booing going into halftime and things like that that's hard because they're not booing the players they're booing the coaches but it's like all the same thing like a boo is a boo mm-hmm. and and i understand how that can be you know upsetting as a player to be like i'm out here busting my butt for you. I mean, they, you know, they're out here trying their hardest, working their tails off year round for the fans, for the people that root for them. For You, you think know. it's truly for the fans? You don't think it's for them at all? I mean, yes, it is. But, okay. and obviously those guys want to win games. But at the end of the day, you know, for most of these guys, it's like college football for, you know, a lot of them is an ends to a means. Or means to an end, sorry. Sure. For for a lot of them, it's get to the NFL. For a lot of them, it's get a college education. For a lot of them, it's what comes next. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's, you know, a, a job, something like that. And right. they chose Auburn in a large part because of the atmosphere. And if the atmosphere is not there, you know, it's a two-way street. You expect the team to – Auburn expects the coaches and the team – the fans expect the coaches and the teams to show up and play well. Mm-hmm. They showed up and played well against Ole Miss. And – the the coaching staff the play the players they expect the fans to come and show up and do their part as well and I mean it's hard to argue that the the student section especially didn't do their part but yeah I'm not crazy about the players tweeting at the fans I, but also I don't think I don't think it was right for the fans to boo I I don't understand why you would ever boo your own team that's very odd to me I don't care if it's your head coach I don't care if it's the play calling I don't care if it's an offense or the defense like that is a very odd concept to me I think it'd be better to support them by just not going to the game to begin with to, to me I am a little surprised and I'm really curious I don't think this will ever get out but I'm sure Malzahn the next time he's made available to the media will be asked about all of his players speaking out and talking mm-hmm. to them we well, don't get him tomorrow because of the bye week but I'm sure the next time he's made available that he's going to be asked about that 
and I'm sure all of that will be handled behind closed doors. The next game is Georgia, so there won't be any suspensions or anything like that. But I don't think that's the right thing to do. Now, we, we saw Auburn in the NFL, and a former Auburn player in the NFL, Jermaine Whitehead, tweet out things. I mean, it's just like, obviously that is the far extreme version yeah. uh, of that, I mean, as far as just handling thoughts on Twitter. And that is... Obviously, a lot different than what the guys. Are. I don't really hate it because, for the most part, it's eighteen to twenty-two, twenty-three-year-olds who are. You got to be held to a higher standard, though. You can't be doing that. Like you were playing D one football in the SEC for a, for a program that that's in the thick of it every single year. I don't think you can do that. Obviously, you can because they did it, but I, I don't think that makes it right. Uh, the reason I don't hate it is because it is 18 to 23 year olds who were tweeting primarily at the students in the student section who are the same age then you need to say that in the tweet you need to say like i need my classmates there for me okay if that's true i 100 okay. agree with you but I, I mean that's what most of the people like most of just the fans that was most of their issue also was with the student section and it's how, bad it was uh, it was bad it was not a great showing from the students um I, I don't know. The the whole thing I think is now gonna get overplayed and, and over analyzed and, and I think all it's that. gonna be a good thing for Georgia. I bet I that place is going to be crazy. It's gonna be nuts. Yeah. And you know, there were even some national media people who were tweeting like if you like if you were there in twenty seventeen for Georgia and Alabama, you know that there are some days when it's just like people come in teams come into Jordan Hare and it's like they're not gonna win today because of the atmosphere that and iron you, bowl is the loudest of like the 2017 iron bowl was the craziest I've ever seen that place. Okay. I thought that the Georgia game was better. I think there were moments in the Georgia game that were louder. Like when the defensive line consistently got mm -hmm. the from early and then, you know, the, the carry on, um, screen, like the throwback mm -hmm. screen where he ran it all the way. Like that was crazy. And in fact, I was in the press box that game, and I was I was on the elevator on the way down, and I didn't see the carry on live, but I was on there with friend of the program Justin Ferguson and some other folks that were running for SEC country at the time, and we were like something just happened. It's like, like you could hear it through the elevator. Like that's the only time I've ever <laughs> I've ever been able to hear that before, and so like that 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 was crazy. But I think just the general of like at the end of the game, just the celebration of like Auburn just put it to Alabama for the first time, like that anybody that's alive mm -hmm. can remember. That that was, I don't know. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I guess my thing was like in the Georgia game, it felt like the game wasn't over until it was over. If that makes sense, and so there was like a, a tension in the stadium. Yeah, and I was in the student section, so it was like there was like just like a, a tension that made it so it was like it could just pop at any point. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're saying. And, and that any play mattered so much that people were so rowdy. And in the Alabama game, like you said, it, it was kind of a beat down. And so, but, but it, like, I, I just remember watching that game and the, that iron bowl. And it was just like, this is, this looks weird. Mm -hmm. It's like, this isn't like, I've, you know, been rooting for this to happen for so long. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. Shout out to Patriot quarterback Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> Suffered yes. his first loss as a as a pro last night. Mm. Uh, I, I think 
I mean, a byproduct of the players getting angry and going on Twitter and stuff is that, like you said, this Georgia game is going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. I mean, the students are going to come out in full force. It was announced it was a 2.30 kickoff. Mm-hmm. I bet something happens in the standings to make it a top 10 matchup. Really? Yeah, why not? Oh, you mean, okay. So you mean like, uh, there is, well... It depends on what happens with Minnesota Penn State. If Penn State wins, it'll be it, it could be a top ten matchup. But if Minnesota wins, I don't think Penn State's gonna drop below Auburn, but Minnesota will I think, will I jump think they them. will make sure that they can build this as a top ten matchup. Really? I think so. We've seen it happen in the past. Well, and we'll also see the college football playoff rankings, the first ones come out tomorrow. I think they are going to like Auburn. I've said that all year. Mm-hmm. They value I mean, they almost don't even penalize you when you lose to good teams. Yeah. I mean, they love talking about, you know, this team's got a great loss. Great loss. Great loss. It cracks me up. It's like, okay, all right. So, they, you know, they really reward people that play tough schedules. And so, obviously, Auburn's in the thick of that. So, so tomorrow, I'm interviewing Greg Peterson, who is the smartest college basketball person I've ever talked to. Mm-hmm. He'll be a regular this year. And uh, Chad Slade, former uh, Auburn uh, offensive lineman, now with the Giants who had some things to say about the student section also. He tweeted that. I DM'd him. He said, yeah, mm-hmm. so we're going to talk tomorrow. Great. So, looking forward to that. I don't know when the Chad Slade one will air. The Greg Peterson will air because Auburn basketball starts tomorrow. So we'll get some of that and some of the, the matchups for over the, you know, the next few weeks. But the Slade one will probably air Wednesday. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I'm looking I forward agree. to it. Where can people find you and hear you, bud? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. And... I'll tweet out if I do anything else on the radio, I guess. All right, sweet. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Also, you can check out the show. I've done a better job putting it on YouTube consistently. So some people are really into that. If you're into that, yeah, just search um, Locked on Auburn or just search my name, Zach Blackerby. Once again, on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.